Well, we are in the middle of a series called The Priceless Pursuit, and we've been, over the past uh, few weeks, looking at um, pursuing wisdom. The Priceless Pursuit is, is pursuing something that is, is far more valuable than anything on this earth, and that is wisdom. Wisdom, we defined last week, is doing life God's way, understanding how to do life God's way. And in the Bible, we actually find wisdom. That's one of the key places to search for wisdom is into the into the Bible. And so as we gather on Sundays or when on your own time as you're looking in the Bible, that is really a pursuit of wisdom. And um, it's not easy. We've looked at how challenging it is because there's all sorts of things that um, take our focus. Um, but as we've been looking at this, I hope you know there's some insights that, that you have found really helpful. Um, some of you have been reading a proverb a day, um, coinciding with the days of the month. So there's there's 31 days in the month of July, and there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So today's Proverbs 17. Some of you may have read this. Some of you may plan to read it today. I'd encourage you to just jump in. If you haven't been doing that and you'd like to, it's never too late just to, to dig into God's Word and begin to study it for yourself, look into it for yourself. And the book of Proverbs is just a book full of wise sayings. And some of this stuff comes out like promises. Some of it, though, a lot of it is just advice, really, really good advice. And so we're in the middle of this series, and I'm kind of shifting gears a little bit, still staying with the theme, but shifting gears to focus on training wise kids. And for a few reasons. One, the next three chapters in Proverbs 17, 18, and 19 are all filled with wise sayings for families, like family life wise sayings, and for relational wise sayings. And so whether you are parenting right now, it's still going to be extremely applicable, just some things we're going to be talking about things that are important for, for you as parents, if you are parenting, that you address with your kids. But if, if you're not a parent, just think practically. Okay, have I got this stuff? Have I, how am I doing in these areas? Um, but here's a verse kind of getting us started. Children's children, this is like grandparenting idea. Children's children are crowned to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. There's a sense in which grandparents, just there's this, you know, it's like a source of real joy and dignity to see their grandchildren growing up, learning how to walk with God. It's a source of real joy. We probably have a few grandparents here that, that can attest to that and say, yeah. And I think a lot of grandparents love the benefit of being grandparents and not having to, you know, there was a cheers with a coffee cup, you know, you know, not having to do all of the work, but enjoying the benefits of it, you know, and, and their investment in their kids and now seeing God bless and give, you know, grandkids. It's just, there's a tremendous source of joy. Also, this verse says, parents are the pride of their children. Sometimes parents can do such a good job that their children, when they're, when they're older, they're just proud to know their, their parents. They're proud to have a relationship with their parents. They're grateful for the investment. I really want that. I really want that my kids would, would be, you know, would want to have a relationship with me. It's not something that I'm um, entitled to necessarily. It's not something as a parent that we should just say, well, you're my kid and you're always my kid and I'm always going to be in your life. You know, at any moment you need to give me a key to your house as an adult. And, you know, <laughs> that's not the case, is it? You know, it, but there could be a real sense of, of joy to have and maintain that kind of relationship. So we're going to be looking at that. On the other hand, look at the opposite. Good things can come from parenting. Also, on the other hand, look at the next verse, Proverbs 17:25. A foolish son, someone who just kind of does life their own way, a foolish son brings grief to his father. It can be painful. And bitterness to the one who bore him. A great deal of pain and heartache can occur 
in our lives depending on the course and the direction of our kids, right? This is true. For those of you who are parents, if your kids turn and do life in a very selfish way, the wrong way, and it's just painful, I think, for parents to watch that process because they, re- they realize, you know, their job is done and, and there's not much more that can go on. It's painful to watch. Also, so that's one thing is there's a lot to say in the Proverbs about parenting. So that's one of the reasons I'm shifting gears for this morning. But also, after a week of sports camp, I just wanted to remind us not to miss the opportunity as parents to help our kids connect with God. It's never, you know, these are some things that I think are just helpful as a parent to be reminded of because we have a limited opportunity with our children. Earlier in the week, you know, my son, my two, two of my sons were learning these different sports in sports camp, you know, baseball, football, soccer, and basketball. And I just enjoyed, you know, uh, the stories afterwards. And I thought early in the week, I'm like, you know, I'm going to do my own little coaching clinic with my one of my sons. So I had uh, Gabriel in the backyard, my oldest. We were tossing the ball around. We play catch a lot in the backyard. And it's something that he and I just like to do. Gavin, eh, he's like, I don't want to play. You know, he's just not into that. But Gabriel, he's really getting it. And he's humming it in there and all this. And I'm like, wow, he's ready for the next step. And so I'm thinking, you know, buddy, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you how to pitch. So I showed him the full windup, you know, so, okay, you can get your feet like this. Bring the ball in here, get your sign, you know, full windup. And he, he's beautiful at it. He does it really nicely. He can hum it in there, throw strikes. And he's seven. And I was just like, yes, yes. As a dad, you know, you're just really thrilled when you see your boys, you know, your kids do things like that. And I'm like, wow, he picked that up really quick. You know, can you, can you do a, you know, let's, let's pretend someone's on base. Let's pitch from the stretch. So he, he's down there like this and he's, and I taught him three things. I was first, you, you know, receive the sign and he likes to, he likes to shake it off. No, I don't want that one. So I've given him, you know, one, two, three. Okay. He takes the three, you know, the three. He comes up here, check your runner and he does this real serious. And he delivers the pitch, and I'm just like, yes. And one of my friends is over, and he saw the whole thing. And I, he's like, wow, that was good. And I was like, I know. You know, I'm like. And then my other son, you know, he's not into that. He's more into physical things like tackling and things like that. So I'm like, give him some more direction. So I was showing him a few more wrestling moves. Not that he needs more of this, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to show you this one thing. You don't practice on your brother. You don't practice on your sister. You don't practice on your friends unless they want you to. And if you know him. He may not abide by that, but we're working on this with him. He is, but so I'm like, okay, this is called a breakdown into a half Nelson. It's just a little combination. So I broke him down. I did a half Nelson, did a few times, had him do it, and he did it beautifully. My wife was watching. It was just like, good job, Gavin. You did it, you know, and as a dad, anytime we do that with our kids and you see, you see it happen, you're just like, man, that is, you know, I can make my life about those kinds of things. I really could because there's a tremendous amount of, Reward in seeing them do that. And those things are great, honestly. I also know that there's so much more that I've got to do with my, bo- with my boys. You know, some of you guys aren't into sports and, 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 and you're like, you know, like, you know, you can teach your kids how to shred on the guitar. Maybe some of you guys can teach your daughters how to bake, how to sew, how to cook, you know, how to, how to craft, all of these things. And as, as mothers and fathers, just tremendous amount of, of joy and, and, Good pride can come out of that whole experience. But there's so much more. There's so much more that our kids need beyond just these things. And I just, one of the reasons why I'm kind of turning a corner on this message is, 
I just don't want us to miss the opportunity to train the values and character into our kids. Because there are some things that are tremendously valuable if our kids can learn from us. In the, in the limited window of time that we have, our kids are like concrete in the sense that they are setting up quickly. If you've ever put concrete or laid concrete, you don't have hours to shape it. You know? You've got a limited window, maybe 30 minutes to where it's still moldable and you can really do some things and then, you know, some finishing things and it's done. It's shaped. If you don't like it, you gotta jackhammer the thing up and start over. You know, don't jackhammer your kids if you don't like them, but the idea is it's, it's setting up quickly. Their lives are setting up quickly. We've got to buy the opportunity up. So I wanna look at these things for those reasons. And I realize there's a wide variety of people represented here. I, I know there's some parents and grandparents here. And right now, you might be right in the midst of parenting. And so these issues that we're looking at may be urgent issues. And you might be like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I need right now. Maybe there are some teens and some young adults here. And you are in the process of being parented, possibly. Maybe some children, some teens that are being parented. And um, maybe today you just need to decide to try to understand what it is your parents are trying to do. And be on board. Try to get on board with them. Um, possible that there are some young adults that are, you know, you're adults and you don't have kids yet, but you're close to people with kids. And so what I want to encourage you to do is think about how does this apply to the, to my friendships and the people that I've already come alongside who are parenting? How can I help support the direction they're trying to set? How can I not work against them, but how can I work alongside them? Um, if, if your kids are grown, maybe your kids are grown and they're not real close to you. I'm not, and you feel like, man, I've, made some mistakes in this area. I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm not trying to condemn you. These insights are, are I, I hope, will be really helpful as we kind of look into God's Word. Because sometimes life just moves along at this rapid pace, and we might make major mistakes in areas like parenting and marriage, and it's later we look back and we realize, whoops, I missed some things along the way. So our hope is that we can we can expose some things from, from the Scripture, because child-raising is not all chance. We like to think that it's just a chance thing. Kids raise up, you know, you know, three out of four might be good, and you have that, that bad egg occasionally. It's really not that way. This stuff we're looking at, though, is not a 100% foolproof recipe, but this is the insight that God gives us from His Word. So let's, let's look at this. I want you to start by supposing that your child is now 30 years old. Even if you're not a parent, just suppose you had a child and that they were 30 years old, what kind of adult child would you want? What would you want? What what would you want them to be like? Imagine they're like a friend of yours now. They're, they're your adult child. Do you want an adult child who's just a pain to relate to? Of course not. You know, Do you want someone who blames you rather than admitting their own faults and mistakes? No, you want someone who relates easily, admits it when they've blown it, asks forgiveness. That's what we want. Do you want someone who's selfish, who cares only about... Their needs, their interests, no. You know, we want someone who is considerate, who's looking out for the best interests of other people. They're letting others go first. That's what we want, right? Do you want, do you want that adult 30 year old child who's still mooching off you, still depending fully on you, will not pull their own weight? No. We don't want that. We want, we want those Adult childs who will, you know, they will carry their own load. They'll do their share in life. They, they pull their weight. We, that's what we're looking for. That's what we want to raise. Do you want someone who's manipulative and scheming and plotting and, and just shrewd? 
course not. We want someone who, who deals rightly with people, who's just in all their interactions. We want someone who, who, who we could trust to do business with, who we could trust to work for, or to work for us in a sense. That's what we want. We want someone who's trustworthy, who's loyal, who's faithful. Um, we don't want someone who just makes foolish decisions and every time they decide something, you know, they get just slammed on the head and we're just, of course, we want someone who knows how to make wise decisions. So how do you come up with that? How do you come up with that kind of an adult? You have to train them. You have to train that kind of person. You have to train the adult that you want. The points we're going to look at this morning is first thing you got to nail down on the, on the listening guide is first you got to commit to this. Commit to God's game plan for training. That's the first in the fill in the blank. Just make a commitment. Decide, I'm going to parent God's way. I'm going to commit to God's game plan for training, not just do it my way. What seems, you know, there's no luck, no chance, no magic in parenting. To get the above things, those things we talked about, the trustworthy, the responsible, the faithful, to get that, you must train that. It's not chance. We hear all sorts of things in this society, but it is a training process. A few things I want to highlight under that. The first thing is this. We have to understand that your child, my child, my children, they have a squirrely heart. Our children have this squirrely heart and parents are snickering because they're like, yeah, that's the good way to describe it. You know, I, I recognize that. A squirrel lives in trees. Squirrels gather nuts and squirrels can't be caught, can they? Anybody ever had a pet squirrel? Probably not. You can't catch a squirrel. They're all over. In cartoons, they're those crazy creatures that look like they're on crack. And they're just, you know, they're bouncing up and down. And that's kind of descriptive of the human heart. It's we, we have a squirrely heart. Our children have a squirrely heart. We have to be trained in some areas. There's, there's three heart problems that we all have. I've shared these often. <clears throat> the reason I share these often is because Understanding these three heart problems are the key to progress and growth, spiritual growth in life. We can't understand how to grow unless we understand where we're coming from. These are three things that exist in the human heart. First, we all have selfish. We're all selfish. In our heart resides stubborn self-centeredness. Proverbs 22.15 says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. The word folly there, it means stubborn self-centeredness. So this word, this, this verse could literally say, stubborn self-centeredness is bound up, it's captured in the heart of a child. We want what we want. Our kids want what they want, don't they? They decide their agenda, don't they? We have, sometimes they lock on to something and we're like, well, no, you're not going to have that. No, I want what I want. This is what I'm going to have. This is, this is what's in the heart of our kids. Secondly, we all feel like we deserve it, so we have something else in our heart, arrogance. Flip to the next verse, Ecclesiastes 9.3. It says there's two more things that are in our heart while we live. It says the hearts of men, moreover, are full of evil. That's a word hurtful. There's this hurtfulness, this harmfulness, spitefulness in our hearts. And there is madness in their hearts while they live. Madness is the word that means to praise myself. Everybody all of us, as adults, we have these things. Selfishness, arrogance, and hurtfulness in our hearts. We're willing to say and do things that hurt others if they don't let us have what we want. So, wrap up all three of these things, these three heart problems, 
And you've got a squirrely heart that desperately needs to be trained. And your job, and my job as a parent, is to train our children past these things. See, this is where they start. This is who they are. We have to train them past these things. If we don't train them past these things, these things will plague them all their life. As adults, they will be that 30-year-old who's manipulating, who's scheming, who's lying, who's irresponsible, who's making foolish decisions, just disastrous things going on in their life because this stuff has not been trained out. Now, some of it, the Scripture says that the stubborn self-centeredness can be trained out. The other things we just have to deal with as long as we're alive. The arrogance, the hurtfulness, we have to push that stuff down. It comes up, it rises up within us. And we as adults know this is true. But that's, that's, the, the, that's the first reality. Your child has a squirrely heart. Secondly, the training goal, the goal is this. The finish line, the next point is a wise adult. That's what we're aiming for. It's important that we understand, what is it, my parenting, what's my parenting goal? Well, my parenting goal is a wise adult. I'm aiming, I'm parenting with the end in mind. I'm not just caught up in the trenches and so overwhelmed that I can't see what, no, I'm, I'm peering down the road, years down the road, and I'm trying to figure out what does a wise adult look like? A wise person knows how to do life God's way. They can make good decisions. They know how to read a situation. They have some, we're going to look at this in more detail next week, just in general. What does it mean? <clears throat> To be able to read a situation. That's what we want. We want our kids who can do that. Proverbs 23, 15 and 16. This is this whole training goal idea. My son, he says, if your heart is wise, then my heart will be glad. My inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. He's saying, down the road, I'm just going to be fired up and rejoicing to see you walk in wisdom. To do life God's way. That's the, again, that's the training goal. Look at the next verse, Proverbs 27, 1. He says, be wise, my son, and bring joy to my heart. When, when our kids are wise, when they're, being, when they're doing life God's way, there's just this joy that wells up inside us. Then I can answer anyone who treats me with contempt. You see, to raise your kids in a godly way, the way that God would want, you might take a lot of criticism over the years. Because you might restrict some things. You might redirect in some areas that everyone else says, what are you doing? That's not acceptable or that's not what everybody else is doing. Or And so you might limit some things in your children's lives and you might receive a tremendous amount of you know, shots and criticism from, from people. What this verse is saying is when, you're, when your son or daughter is a wise adult, they, they, they validate all those years of parenting. You know, in a, in somewhat of a different way. It's like you parenting up, you're trying to swim upstream. Everyone else may be parenting a different way and you're trying to swim upstream against the current. When you're, when your children are wise, their life will validate all of that work. And all the criticism will just kind of fade away. Sometimes we want to, sometimes we get caught up in being criticized and when we start comparing and, and, and just dogs us. So, but training, this whole process of training, we want to train from simple things to complex things. You don't train a two-year-old in philosophy. You don't teach two-year-olds algebra. But you, over the years, you begin to explain that life is complex. It's not all that simple. So there needs to be this shift, parents, that from parental control, like high parental control as young kids, to parental coaching, to self-control. It's not in your outline, but this idea of 
of transferring control to your kids is essential for your kids to grow up. Sometimes, you know, well, with a two-year-old, you don't give a two-year-old too many options. You don't go to the crosswalk and say, well, you can cross here or you can frogger through the, you know, you can hold my hand through the crosswalk on Van Buren or you can, you know, do it yourself. You don't give a two-year-old those many options because you value their safety, their life. But then with an eight, nine-year-old, ten-year-old, twelve, you know, going up, they need coaching. They need someone who will say, here's, here's, here's the decision. How do you make a wise choice here? Or, you know what? Here's what you ended up with by making that decision. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how you can do that next time. Let's, what do you think would happen if you would have done it a different way? Or what are the different ways you could have done it? You know, have you tried adjusting this? We need, you know, if you're parenting a child in those years, they need a coach. They need someone who is giving them opportunities, giving them some limited controls on their life so they can do it and mess up and, and learn from it. But then by the time they're 16, 17, they're, you know, they're probably got their driver's license. Now they have what's called self, they have control, don't they? As, as a 17 year old with a driver's license, you're not in the car. They can do whatever they want. And so if over the course of all these years, we're not transferring control and coaching along the way, then they're going to arrive as adults completely incapable of doing it. They're not going to know how to manage anything. They're not going to know how to be responsible with, with money, with work, with choices. They need us to come alongside them. Many times parents, what they do is they do high control the whole time. They just, they don't allow their kids to make any mistakes. And then their children end up hating them. They resent them as adults. So training, you see on your outline, training must shape values, not just ideas. We must be shaping the values. Some parents think, I just need to teach my kids the Bible. I just need to teach my kids how to memorize Scripture and get all these ideas in their head. And all the while, their heart is not wrapping around the right values. It's possible to develop the right ideas and the wrong values at the same time. Kids can have all the answers, but their value system is totally opposite from those ideas. It's possible for that to happen. We have to watch that. There's two great tasks that they need to learn. The two great tasks in life are, one, walk with Christ. They need to learn this. They, and the truth is, we cannot lead them to a place where we ourselves have never been. We can't lead them into a relationship with Jesus Christ if we've never been there. And so, the great thing about this is, it's, it's open to us. God has made a way for us to know Him through the person of Jesus Christ. On the back of this white card, it says, send me info about beginning a relationship with Jesus for the first time. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe that's you. You think, you know, I'm, I'm really open. I'm at a point where I'd like to get direction. I'd like to connect with God. I, I don't know how to do that. Um, if you check that box, we will send you some information about how to connect with Jesus Christ. We'd love to have a conversation with you about that. Because this is one of the great tasks in life. Your, your children need to know how to cr- connect with the Creator. And it's difficult to do that if we've not done that. So I'd encourage you to take that step. The second task they need to learn is, how do I handle life from God's perspective? We're going to look more, more at that. The training ground, the next point there, where all the training occurs is everyday life. You know, we go to the gym to work out. The gym for your kids is everyday life. It's in our home. It's in our car. It's doing chores. It's watching your life, your, your relationships. If you're married, it's watching your marriage. 
We all grew up in an environment where we learned all sorts of things. You might want to jot down Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. We're not going to go into this passage. But it's a passage that describes how to teach your children the laws of God. And in the and in it, he just describes how training happens in the midst of real life. It happens day-to-day life. Life presents all sorts of teachable moments for our kids. Moments come up in routine things like chores, in problem things, like you, you know, problem people. Tremendous opportunities to teach our kids about problem people, arrogant people, lazy people, bullies, liars. As they interact with people, they need to be learning. Those are teachable moments. They need to be they need to not just go through things and have horrible days. They need to understand and process and you need to help them process all that's going on. They need to learn from disappointment. The teenagers, if you're parenting teenagers, they need to learn how to deal with disappointment, personal failures, because this will not be the only time they're going to have bad days, is it? Because as adults, we have bad days. And if we've not learned how to deal with that, it can cripple us as adults. Here's a few things about the process. The training process, it's not in your outline, but the training process, the first thing in the training process is pray for them. You might want to write that down. I need to pray for my kids. We need to be asking God for His help. Prayer is simply talking to God anytime about anything. Again, prayer is talking to God about anytime about anything. He just wants us to come to Him, to bring our requests to Him. And we don't need to use big, fancy words that sound really eloquent. God's not concerned with the outward, those outward expressions. He just wants to, He just wants to hear what's on our heart, what's really going on. So first thing, pray for your kids. Secondly, teach perspective. Perspective is God's angle on things. What He says is really true. Reality. Like how life really works. That's perspective. They need to be learning perspective on like what lying leads to. What laziness leads to. What anger leads to. Or why it works that way. Let me explain why it works that way, buddy. You know, God punishes that. There's certain things that God punishes. He promises He'll punish certain things. There's also certain things in the Bible that God promises that He will bless. There's five things in the Old Testament that God says He'll bless. They need to learn these things. Those five things, I'll tell you real quick. It's fear of the Lord. These are promises He makes that He'll bless. If we'll make our lives about these attitudes, He blesses these things. Fearing God is one. Those who fear the Lord, they lack no good thing, the Scripture says. Trusting in the Lord. Learning how to rely on Him. There's, there's, there's promises attached to trusting in the Lord. Humility, that's the third. Teachability, learning from others, being correctable, patience. Those five things God promises to bless. Our kids need that perspective. They're not going to learn that in school. They're going to learn math, science, history, all these things. But if we leave parenting to, to the education system, they're going to have all these ideas, and they're not going to know how life really works. It's, that's our responsibility. They need to know why it works that way. Like, Hey, buddy, when you treat your brother and sister that way, not only is it wrong, but you're not going to have a relationship with them when you get older. If you treat them right, you can have a relationship with your brother and sister when you're older. Or if you become a rebel, you will never be happy. So I'm going to train you to rightly obey, to quickly obey. There's all these things that they need perspective on. As they're getting older, they need, they need us to shape that perspective. Also, we need to train skills. That's the next thing. Train skills. Skills are the how-tos. These are things that are not innate for kids. 
Sometimes I'll be in a situation with my kids and they'll do exactly what I wish they wouldn't do. But it's on me to train them, isn't it? Like, what's appropriate words and behavior? What's inappropriate words and behavior? Or what's, how do I relate to people? Like greeting. How do I greet someone? Working on my son with that. How do you, how do you greet someone? What's the right way of greeting someone you don't know? How do you greet a friend? How do you greet an adult? How do you handle responsibility? How do you make good decisions? All of these skills that they need to learn in those years that we have with them. How to deal with a problem person. Another thing is impart values. That's the third point there on that. Impart values. Values help them learn to prefer certain things. And they'll learn this from what, from what we talk about in our home. Teach which things are more important for God, to God. I mean, people over things. People are valuable, aren't they? They're more valuable than all of our stuff, all of our things that we own. They need to learn that. They need to hear us talk about the value of people. We need to give them the right kind of heroes. Fuel a desire to choose things that are more important by lifting up the right kinds of heroes. The people who stand for things that are right and noble. And if, if us as parents, if we'll communicate those things and set that up there high, then they'll learn those. They'll have that perspective going into adulthood. We need to allow them to experience appropriate choices and consequences. Again, that's skills. We're training skills. On the back side, you see a few more points. Be the example that he or she needs. So apart from all the training and the communication and the instruction, then there's our example, which is far more powerful than all that we say. And this is also the most painful part, I think, of parenting. Realizing that our example is is probably the most tremendous and, and valuable and powerful shaping tool that we have, is our example. A great verse that you can memorize and remind yourself of this is 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. It's applied to from one church leader to a church. But this can be applied to parenting. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. If you will follow Christ, you can, you can lead the charge. They can watch your life. They can see how it's done. Tremendous example can be set. You are his or her model. You're the one they're going to look after. You are his or her model. They need a model. They need an example. Boy or girl. Emotionally, how they handle emotional struggles, they're going to learn it from you. They're watching you. Relationally, how to deal with people. Again, they're going to mimic what they see you do in your relationships. You are imprinting on your children, and I am imprinting on mine, a model for them to mimic. It's scary, but it's, it's true. Spiritually, how real is God? They will likely answer this question depending on how they see you living this out. They will, they will determine how real God is based on what they see. And you know what? Again, you're never too late to, to just get started, to move on. It's so encouraging seeing people come to Christ in our church and then just seeing the difference that Christ has made in them and, and just and then seeing the way that that filters down into their kids and the way that God's blessing those families who decide, I'm going to start walking with God, even as an adult. I've been doing life my own way for 30 years, 35 years, 40 years, and then they hit a point where they turn and start doing life God's way. The kids pick up on the change, and that's attractive to them. We have people in our congregation that experience that parents and even children of people who've you know who've come to Christ. But there 
they're going to watch the way we do our lives. We want kids to follow God, but then we have to ask ourselves, but are we willing to pay a price to grow? I do want to encourage you to just investigate what it means to walk with Him, to begin a relationship with Him. You might be here and you might not have ever decided to follow Christ. Again, check that on the card and just let us give you some information. If you are here and you have already decided to follow Christ, you've already become a Christian, you you follow Him, do you give God the crumbs of your time, your energy, your resources, the money He's entrusted to you? If you do, they will do the very same thing. They will grow up giving God the leftovers because they've seen that modeled for them. Do you dilly-dally around instead of obeying Him? When God shows you something to focus on, when He shines a light on an area that He wants you to get after, do you dilly-dally in obeying Him? Or do you get after it? If you dilly-dally, then they will watch the way you decide to do things in your faith area, and they will dilly-dally in their obedience to you. And you'll be like, get after it. I told you to do this. Why aren't you doing this? Well, they're watching. They're watching the way that we do that. So, set the example of dedication with Christ. Set a high example. And just start where you're at. God, would you grow my faith? Would you, would you help me to get moving forward? Help this not to be a phase in my life, but help me to steadily walk with you. This is one of the things I'm most grateful for. I knew I had a father. And this is, this is something I, I do not take for granted. But I had a father who had a genuine relationship with God. And I knew he spent time with him. And even though I resisted and I rebelled as a young person, when I finally nailed that down, he was one of the first persons I called to say, God, how do I get on track with God and actually start growing? Because I knew he had established that. Really, I knew he had said. And so you have the opportunity to set example of dedication. One final thing. Pray and work to keep their hearts. Work to keep your children's hearts. Proverbs twenty three twenty six says, My son, give me your heart. And let your eyes keep to my ways. All sorts of people and things threaten to capture your kids' hearts. So we must pray that, that we could stay close to them. That, that they would want to be in our lives. That as they get older, that they would want to, that they wouldn't want to come visit. That they would want to have dinner with us. That they would call us for advice. Again, it is not something you're entitled to. Once your kids are old and grown up, they're not they don't have to call home. But what a joy to know, to be able to experience that, to have your kids call and say, hey, what do you think about this, Dad? You know, I want that. What do you think about this lady that I'm dating? And that, what do you think? You know, I want to be able to speak into their lives at that point. I, I don't want them to have nothing to do with me. I, I want to be able to help them think through career choices and major decisions but I, I've got to figure out how do I stay, how do I hold on to these, these kids' hearts through the years? We've got to do that. You cannot be their best friend while you're training them. If you're trying to do this process and be their best friend, you can't do it. Why? Because their best friend won't discipline them, will they? So you can't do it. But as you train them, you can keep their hearts. Pray, give instruction, just be kind to them. Discipline in a way that's fair and good. And through this process, again, the goal is a wise adult. We're trying to raise, we're trying to parent with the end in mind. So, would you take out that white connection card? There's three next steps on here I'd like you to consider as the band comes up. 
The first next step today on the left-hand side, if you check these, we'll just know that you've making some decisions and spiritual decisions and support you in prayer. <clears throat> read Proverbs 18 through 24 this week. That might be a step you feel like you need to take. Just to read, you know, a proverb a day. Tomorrow's July 18th, so it would be Proverbs 18. And just taking these truths out of Proverbs. Letting God speak to you. The second next step is I'll list an area where I can set a positive example for my child. Again, not trying to get overwhelmed with all that maybe you feel like you're not doing, but what what is an area I can focus on to set a better example? And then the last thing is I'll list right character traits to catch my child doing. Think through what is it that I'm trying to develop in my kids and when they do it, praising the right thing, praising character. Letting them know, buddy, you, you're, you're acting just like Jesus acted when he did this. Or you really are taking serious this value. God says this and you're, you're doing that. You know, Don't do anything from selfish ambition. That's what the Bible says. And you just did that. You just thought of someone else. Good job. I mean, they need to hear those words from us. They need to let us know when we're catching them doing the right kind of thing. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this group. Again, thank you for just how practical the truths are that we find in the Scripture. These truths and principles that many of them written thousands of years ago, God, you've communicated these things and they're still so useful. God, these are so helpful for us. And for centuries, people have been taking this stuff seriously and using wise kids, training them, God. And so we, we pray that we would be a part of that faith heritage of, of people who are taking very seriously this role as parents. Help us not to just dilly-dally as parents, to be passive and just to let life happen. Lord, help us to engage and to go after the things that are really important, God. Lord, if there's any here that just need to connect with you, and that's their next, Lord, I pray that you would nudge them to check a box and be willing to investigate what that all means, God. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. In just a moment, our ushers will be passing around baskets to receive the offering.